Hey everyone, Sarah Peck here, and this is the Startup Pregnant Podcast. So today I want to dedicate an entire episode to those new mamas and new parents in those first few weeks postpartum and talk about three different lists that I think you should have. I also have a blog post about this and I'll link it up in the show notes, but for everybody who is pregnant and trying to plan ahead for the postpartum period and people who have brand new little ones, I think you might really like this episode. Welcome to the Startup Pregnant Podcast, where we talk to creative leaders about what it means to be an entrepreneur and a parent. I'm your host, Sarah K. Peck. So before we dive into all of this, I want to just give you the results of the survey. If you are on the email list, you know that I sent out a survey asking you what you think of the mini episodes. So for the whole month of March last month, we did a series of mini episodes every Wednesday. So usually every Monday, we release a long form interview. And those are about 45 to 60 minutes long. We started adding in short little bite-sized episodes on Wednesdays that are about 10 to 15 minutes long so that if you have a shorter commute or it's hard to listen to a full hour or you just want like one specific topic, you can listen in. So I sent out a survey to see what you thought. And here are the results. We have 38% of people said they love them. Uh, 30% said both episode types work equally well. 23% said they haven't even listened to the mini episodes. And 0% said they like the long form interviews better. So all of this tells me that you're liking the mini episodes. So we're going to keep doing them at least through the end of April for another month, and then reevaluate from there. And thanks for weighing in. If you're not on our email list yet, we send out a link to the podcast, but also we send out questions and bonus resources and links to blog posts. So if you want to get on our email list, we love having you and try to send out really useful things. As always, hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have a minute to leave us a review, we would love that. If you need any of the show notes from the show, head to startuppregnant.com. So let's talk about those first few weeks in the postpartum period. Those first days and weeks is a challenge not only in rest and recovery and also getting to know a brand new human being, but it's also a challenge in communications and in boundary setting with all of the people that come in and out of your life. And Because my background is in communications, for the better part of the last decade, I ran a communications shop. I still do, but I'm not taking on new clients because I'm focused so much on the startup pregnant business. Um, I love talking about communications and boundary setting. It's born out of both a need, a want, a desire, and and practice, and I love doing it. So today I want to talk about three lists you can have in this new parent period and how they can be so helpful. And even if you're not having kids right now, I think these are still useful lists to have, or at least to know, because they give you a lot of information about you and what you want and how to communicate it to other people. And it also might be great if you have friends that are pregnant, you can learn a little bit about what it's like and how to be the most helpful. So these are what I call, here's how to take care of me lists. And it's, I think it's just so worthwhile to go through for any human. 
The first list is the house rules or the expectations. What can people expect when they walk in your door? We give lots of subtle cues and hints about what our household is like. And there are lots of patterns and routines. Some people have shoes off households. Some people have other things. I like to make this explicit. So if you are welcoming a new baby in your life, there are a lot of things that people don't know and probably need to know. So on your front door, before people even walk in, have a short, sweet, little, maybe bigger than a post-it note, but smaller than an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper that tells people what to expect when they walk in through your front door. And it can go something like this. Hi, friends and family. I'm so glad you're here. Now, even if I look super bright and energetic when you walk in, don't be fooled. We probably haven't slept in days. Here are a few things I might forget to tell you. One, keep visits short and sweet. 15 minutes is great. More than 30 minutes is super tricky. Two, please bring food or helping hands. We love having people help out. There's a list on the fridge for all the ways you can help. Three, at some point, I may need to just stop and lie down. I get really tired really fast. I wish I had a fancy hand signal for you, but I may just get up and go lie down. Um, and four, please wash your hands. We've got a newborn who is susceptible to catching lots of colds. So if you have a cold, come back another time. And if you can wash your hands when you come in, that'd be great. So those are some basics. You can adjust the list to have whatever you need on it. But I like to be explicit about what I expect because, frankly, it saves me a lot of time and energy in having to tell everyone over and over again what they need to do to be in our household. You can also end and say, thank you so much. I'm so glad you're here, right? These don't have to be um, command, control, crazy lists, but they can just outline a few rules for the household for what you need that protect your time, your energy, and tell people what to expect. So that's the first list, the house rules, or you might say things to know about our house. The second list I love, and these two I think are the most important, number two and number three, um, you put them on your fridge. One of them is how to help, and one of them is your favorite meals. So list number two, how to help. Pick out your top three ways that people can help you, and then write it down and put it on your fridge. Include instructions. A great way to do this or a great time to do this is when you are in the third trimester or second trimester or third trimester. Say, how do I want people to help me? And just write a list down. You're outsourcing your brain. You're making the system easier on yourself. And people really love helping, but they don't always know what to do or how to help. And when they don't know what to do or how to help, it's hard for them to take the initiative. So for me, what I wanted and craved most in the newborn period is somebody maternal coming in and being a little bossy and pushing me around and saying, okay, Sarah, get back in bed. I'm just going to load your dishwasher. I'm going to do a load of laundry. You know, putz, putz, putz. I'm going to make you a whole meal. Okay, I'm out of here. Like you kind of a super nanny kind of thing is what I really craved. And a lot of times people will come over and kind of sit awkwardly on the couch and then try to chit chat, which was less helpful, even though I love them dearly. So pick your top three favorite ways for people to help and then write it down and put it on your fridge. It might be number one, please um, empty any dishes in the sink, put things away wherever you can find them. Number two, laundry, soap is in the cupboard, card is in the drawer, everything gets washed on cold, everything gets dried. 
And then number three, we love food. Make us some food, you know, or bring me food and put it in front of me. I forget that I get hungry and I'm always hungry. So just some simple ways for people to help. And then the third list that can be really useful is having a list of your favorite meals or your favorite foods and then a few of your least favorite foods. So when people are trying to cook for you, everyone has different and unique food preferences. So tell people what food you like. You might say favorite meals are quiche, roast beef, and vegetables, and least favorite meals are spaghetti and anything pasta. Make it short and sweet. Make a list of things that are easy to make. And then also at the bottom, you can include a way to send gift cards or Seamless.com or Grubhub or whatever the fancy way is of people basically sending you money to eat. And you can include a little quote that says, I'm always hungry. Mama is even hungrier than she was when she was pregnant because she is now in recovery and she's responsible for a small human. So those are three lists that I recommend. You can have one that's about the house rules or what to expect. Have that on your front door. And then on your fridge or somewhere common in public, have a short list of ways people can help and another short list of your favorite foods. As a bonus, you could actually have copies of your favorite foods or people can take a photo of it and they can take it with them so that the next time they come back, they're like, hey, I made you your most favorite food. The good news is, is that if somebody makes you something you don't like, I just stick it in my fridge or freezer and then use it to feed other people <laughs> who come over. So there's always something to do with food. You can't have too much food. The common misconceptions in the early period, I think, is... It's so hard for other people to know what the experience is like, especially if they haven't been through it. And even if it's been five or 10 years, one of the reasons I wanted to record this podcast is because I think I'll forget in five to 10 years and I'll have to listen back and say, look, what is it that I need to do to help my friends? Because from the outside looking in, new moms and new parents can look really peaceful and serene and sweet and the baby smells great and it's just like it looks so lovely and like everything's seamless and yet on the inside it can feel terrible and overwhelming and hormonal and rough and hard and so there's such a disconnect and it's hard for people to know what it's actually like no matter what you say. The other thing that surprised me, one of these common misconceptions, that people don't know how hungry you are. I was surprised by how hungry I was. It's like after a marathon, you eat for like a week or two just to recover. That's kind of what happens after birth. And then you're gearing up to, if you're a breastfeeding mother, to start ramping up production in your body to create food for this little person. And if during pregnancy, the average added calorie gain, I believe it's around 300 calories a day, is how much more food you need. Postpartum, it's 800 calories a day. So it's almost three times the amount that you were eating when you were pregnant. So if you thought you were eating a lot when you were pregnant, it's actually astonishing how much more food you need. And because you're short on sleep and you're constantly in demand for this new human, the other thing that happens is you miss, for me, you miss like a window of eating or you forget to eat because you're in, you're trying to do all these different things. I would just start crying with how hungry I was. And if I didn't get food within two minutes, it was pretty devastating. Uh, maybe feeling, but maybe just devastating. And people don't know this. They have no idea. People who can go six or eight hours without eating or they have their habits and routines have no idea that if they come over and they sit with you for a while and they don't bring food, it can be painful. So I remember when people came over and they didn't bring food, I was like, what's wrong with them? <laughs> like, I'm so hungry. 
Um, so our in-laws actually made a tremendous amount of frozen food and like mini quick meals in the freezer that we always had on hand, which was really helpful. And then people don't know how quickly you get tired. And when you're sleeping in stitches of two or three hours at a time, I feel like it's like a old iPhone or old phone when you're battery just constantly runs out quickly, you need to recharge all the time. So you don't have a six-hour stretch to hang out or to do big things. It's like you have 15-minute increments and it can change quickly. And people aren't used to that because they might know you at a different energy level. So be prepared that you might get tired really fast and have to cut things off. And then lastly, I think a lot of people assume that holding the baby is helpful. I never really found that that helpful. It can be if you're the only one in the household but there are rock and plays and blankets and babies don't roll over and I could just put the baby down on a blanket while I did the things I needed to do. Depends on the temperament of your child, of course. There are some babies that won't, they'll scream like crazy if you put them down. So it does vary. But when people say, oh, I'll come over and I'll hold the baby, I was like, I please, I would like to hold my baby. Like that is my favorite part. Why don't you do the cooking and the dishes? <laughs> and so, um, you know, just prepping people with this, if you're listening and you haven't, had a kid yet, or you want to know how to help your friends, those are some kind of expectations. Make the visit super short. Always be helping. Do one thing to help them move the house along. Um, show up with food and, and then tell them they're doing a great job. You know, tell people words of encouragement because they're in a really hard time. Those are my three lists and my recommendations for the postpartum period. Have a household expectations or house rules out on the front door. Have a list that says how to help and have a list that shares your favorite meals. I think this is a great tool for any human. Like if you can tell somebody else, your partner, your roommates, like here's my favorite food. Here's what I really like done around the house. Here are house rules. Those are all useful things to know about our fellow human beings. So please feel free to take these and use these or share them widely. And I am writing a blog post that will be in the show notes, which has these lists as well. Thanks everyone for listening and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for being a listener of the show. A few more things before we end this episode. First, if you know of a woman or a friend that would benefit from this show, send them a link to our website at startuppregnant.com. So many of you have already reached out and shared your stories, what this podcast is doing for you. And for that, I am so grateful. So if you know of somebody that would love to listen in, or you think that these stories would really hit it home for somebody, feel free to send it along. Second, if you've got a story that you need to share or tell, head over to startuppregnant.com and send us a note. We have had so much reader mail already, and your stories mean the world to us. We are proudly listener-sponsored, so if you want to sponsor the show and hear more episodes, head over to our Patreon page and you can buy us a cup of coffee or two or three. We'll take many cups of coffee. If you want any of the show notes or links from this particular episode, all of the references and tools and tips that we talk about are always posted on StartupPregnant.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I will see you on the next episode.